welcome to another bonus podcast. We are glad that you have tuned in with us today and we're excited about the topic we're going to talk about, which I'll introduce in a minute. Uh, my name is Crystal Taves. I'm the pastor of women here at Northview Church in Abbotsford, and I'm joined today by, with three friends who will introduce themselves. So Thalia, why don't you go first? Yes. So I'm one of the pastors in the care department. There are three of us now, Vic, Paul, and myself. And that's what I do here at Northview. I'm Erin. I don't have any big official roles, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> and we have Kendra. And I'm Kendra, and I have a new role at Northview. I'm an Immerse intern student. And so that's a new program. You heard a podcast on a little while ago about the Immerse program. And so I'm here, and it's been fun. It's been about a month in. And I've actually just kind of stepped out of a nursing role. I've been nursing um, the Abbotsford Hospital for six years and just kind of changing up my career path a little bit and getting my toes wet in ministry. And it's it's exciting to see where this is going to lead. Yeah, well, it's you, been fun to have you here already. Thanks. You've been involved in women's ministry leading in a like a volunteer kind of a role for a long time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. yeah several also, years. Also youth. You were a le- youth leader yeah. for a while. and I was. I was involved in middle school youth and then moved up with my girls to high school and yeah, it's been it's been great to be involved in the life of the church. And now you get to see some of the behind the scenes. Absolutely. Some of the meetings, the meetings that precede the meetings. <laughs> yep. And what room is that in? Yeah. She almost got lost on the way to the recording studio. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you had your first classes this week. We did. Yeah, Thursdays are a class day. And so uh, last week we had our first classes and it's just, it's exciting to be back in the books, being a student again, mm-hmm. really enjoying it. So for those of you who don't know, um, on Thursdays uh, for seven weeks at a time, uh, the immersed students are going to get classes here at Northview and people from the congregation are welcome to come and participate if you have time off during the day. And so I think there is about four or five extra congregants in every class mm. that you had this time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So yeah, if you're intrigued with learning uh, things about scripture, um, check out when those classes are. And uh, I think there's a small fee for joining in, but extra way to get extra education or training in something. So that's a really neat opportunity for people in our congregation. Today, we wanted to talk about um, the whole topic of obedience versus feelings in our faith. Um, How do we persist in obedience? What kind of feelings do we expect when we persist or don't persist in obedience? Uh, We want to talk about that wrestling between being obedient and kind of having those feelings associated with our faith. Mm -hmm. So the reason we thought this topic would be good is we're kind of into the start of October, which is kind of when things get off the high of the beginning of the year and things start being a bit more regular, a bit yeah. more mundane. You actually have to do homework if you're in school <laughs> and all those things. And so it's a good time to talk about like, what are those things, um, disciplines that kind of keep us going? Mm-hmm. So we wanted to, first of all, talk about the difference between legalism and obedience, because sometimes when people hear the word obedience, they think lists of rules that we have to follow. Yeah. And so what would be the difference in your mind? How would you define legalism? Well, you better plug Kendra for that, our new Immerse student. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have an official definition of legalism, but what comes to mind is just this set of rules that you absolutely have to follow um, for whatever it is, if it's a a club or a church or um, a family, there's a set of rules that it is expected that you have to follow them for the sake of following the rules. Yeah. For the sake of keeping up face or Mm -hmm. making people not feel ashamed of you or this idea of meeting expectations that other people have on you or that you feel God has on you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about obedience? How would you say that's different than legalism? Well, I think it's something that you, you know you need to do, but it would come out of a heart and out of um, a desire to do those things. And almost out of a context of relationship. 
Mm-hmm. Like par- parents expect their kids to obey and the kids have a role to obey, but it's generally in the context of, of that relationship. And so when we think about obedience to God, we have a loving father. And so there's this relationship that we have with him um, to obey. Right. It's not our natural tendency to obey, I don't think. No. But it's still... But like, the impetus to obey would be because of that relationship, right? right? Because of wanting to, yeah, please somebody that we love and care for and have a, yeah, a heart We, we don't always think of it that way. Like if we bring up the word obedience, we often think if teachers and police officers, and we don't mm. always want to obey. We see it as something where we're going to get in trouble if we don't. So there's some kind of reason for us to obey, whether that's positive or negative. You know, with my parents, I had a good relationship with them and still do. So yes, I want to obey because I have a good relationship, but the police I want to obey so I don't get a ticket. Right. Right. <laughs> so that brings up a point is, uh, are there people who are naturally more wired to obey and people who are naturally wired not to? What do you think? Yeah. So in my house growing up, my brother is two years was two years younger and definitely wired more to rebel. Every rule, he had a reason for it, or he just wouldn't obey it. And that was teachers, police, parents, all kinds of things. I, on the other hand, saw that. And I think part of my wiring is to obey. I wanted to do everything right. And I still do. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to get in trouble. And I don't want to have those consequences. So I'm way on the side of, you tell me to do something. And yep, I may not like it internally. I might Mm. rebel internally. But outwardly, I'm going to do everything that's asked of me. Other people are different. Yeah. So do you think that's a, a positive thing in your life that you are that way? What are the dangers of that, of kind of that willingness to obey, do you think? So for me, the issue has always been on the outward side. It might look like I'm doing everything good. I'm always working on my heart. And Mark knows this and my sister and my parents, they know this. We're always working on my heart because I, I could on the inside be rebelling on the inside, have a bad attitude on the inside, be apathetic or you know, on, just rotten on the inside and having to always work on that because it can look really good on the surface. Where some people are outwardly rebelling and that is their inner heart too. Mm-hmm. I think somebody like yourself, and I would tend to be more like you, Thalia, but um, then your weakness might also be to judge other people for yeah. not towing the line. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I was somebody who uh, was very much wired that way too. Um, and I think I transposed that feeling in myself um, onto God then too, that God was always kind of looking down on mm-hmm. me with like a disapproving yes. glare. Like I wasn't quite matching up to his yeah. expectations. As a kid, I remember feeling a lot of guilt yes. inside all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I built up a resentment against God mm. for thinking like, God, I'm never good enough. You're always making feel, me feel guilty. I never quite mm-hmm. match up to these expectations in right. scripture. And so it became kind of a legalism in my yeah. mind in the sense that I felt like I was continually not matching up. And so I started to resent kind of some of the things that I felt God was asking me to do because I okay. felt like I could never be good enough. I could never match up. And I felt fear. I felt a lot of fear that God was going to judge me and I was going to go to hell for not doing all mm-hmm. of certain things. And so it made me work harder to do the things that I thought were part of like sort of this workspace. Are you earning right. your salvation? Yeah. So I'm always checking with myself. Am I trying to earn my salvation by doing all the things I know I should do or not? Like, where is my heart? Where is it? Right. I'm always trying to assess that. Yeah. So when you're assessing that heart, then you're assessing, is this a step of obedience? Yeah. Or is this a step in line with legalism? legalism? Yeah. Am I following the rules? Yeah. Because I have to? Yes. Or is God cultivating in you a heart yeah. that is wanting to obey him because you love mm-hmm. him? And because that's the response that a loving child gives to a loving father. Yeah. 
And I think we get better at it. I have gotten better at it as I've gotten older in terms of being able to assess and discern that Mm -hmm. and not being so afraid. And maybe in your case, may not be not being so resentful, but understanding more who God is. That has helped me a lot. And we're going to get into that a little bit Yeah, I was going to say, I think one of the things that was a big breakthrough for me was actually having kids myself and realizing how much I loved my kids, even when they didn't do anything, when they were just a little baby lying in a crib. And I thought, it was a breakthrough moment to yeah. me to say, I don't have to do anything. And no. God loves me as a child. Yeah. And so that correct understanding of God helped me move from that feeling of, you know, legalistic mm-hmm. approval to like wanting to obey because knowing how much God loves me. Yes. Kind of being able to gl- glimpse and grab onto that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to just, before we move on to some more of that, I just wanted to quickly just talk about legalism in the sense that is this something that is only part of kind of conservative churches uh, that we feel as, you know, kind of conservative Mennonites? Yeah. Or is it something that you see in other denominations and other experiences? Have, have any of you had experience with that? Well, you talked about one. You should share the one you talked about. Okay. I was just wondering if anyone else did. <laughs> and you're trying to, <laughs> I can do that. You're trying to look at us over yeah. the microphones. <laughs> you're putting me back on the spot. Come on. I'm the one running this podcast. <laughs> you had the better story, though. I know. Well, it was just, it was intriguing to me, actually, to talk to somebody who came from a very charismatic background and came to Northview. And she just said to me, um, in this charismatic church, I felt it was very legalistic. And I was kind of surprised by that because you think of legalism as yeah, very conservative. And she said, because I felt like if I didn't have all the whooshes that everyone was doing, if I didn't have all the dreams or the visions, or I couldn't speak in tongues like everybody else did, right. then they looked down on me. Hmm. And so it was a different list of criteria, but it was still a criteria list that was kind of there yeah. that they felt they had to, to match up to in yeah. terms of expectations. So. I've been in a church community like that before too, and felt that quite clean, keenly. Yeah. yeah. So we want to think of it. Um, this isn't just a issue for people who have yeah, grown up in a more conservative church. There'll be an issue from people on all sides of the equation. Yeah. Uh, how do we define obedience versus legalism? So mm-hmm. we wanted to take some scripture passages uh, to talk about obedience throughout the scripture. Why do we have to obey? Uh, so I think Thalia is going to read Deuteronomy 10 mm-hmm. and someone John 14. Erin has her hand up. Okay, go with Elia. So in the Old Testament and all through the New Testament, we see over and over again that uh, we have to obey. If we are Christians, then there's just no out. We have to. And it starts right at the beginning. So Deuteronomy 10, I'll read 12 to 14 or 12 and 13, sorry. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. So Old Testament command, Mm -hmm. which we associate with Old Testament, but sometimes we think the New Testament is different. Yeah. Because now we're all covered by the grace of Jesus. So what do we hear in the New Testament, Erin? It says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And it's Jesus speaking. Right. Yeah, pretty much parallel to the Deuteronomy. Yeah. Right, so there's this overtone throughout the whole Bible. Yeah, that obeying the commandments is part of part of a, a life of faith. Yeah, and I think that's a huge struggle. At least when people have come to meet with me, and we, it's hard to come to the place where we realize, okay, God is God. Mm-hmm. He's the Creator. He created us. This is His world, and He's the one who defined the rules. He gets to because He's God. Yeah, right. I might think that I can set up the rules, but I'm not God. And that's a hard struggle. It has been a struggle for me in the past. Who's running this show? 
Right. And we have a culture right now that says this: you run your own world. Yeah. You run your own life. Mm -hmm. And it's self-actualization, right? Yeah. Create your so own So sometimes destiny. you have to really put that in check and go, okay, who really is running my life here? This is, this is my creator. This is the one who's my rock. This is the person who set everything into motion yeah. and died for my sins. He's my savior. Yeah. I think sometimes when we talk about rules and commandments and obeying, it can feel a little bit heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and when you know that that's the overtone of the whole Bible, but there's another verse in 1 John 5. It's verse 3, and it says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. So there's that thing again, we have to do this. We have to keep his commandments. But then it says, and his commandments are not burdensome. And so I think that that's a really important flavor to add to this idea of commandments is that it's not a burdensome commandment. It's not rules for the sake of rules. There's actually um, a good purpose for them. Therefore, are good. They're for God's glory. And so, yeah, which yeah. is where the Deuteronomy passage came in too, right? That so this is for your good, yeah. ultimately, yeah. right? And so we know, you know, when you meet with people in your little counseling rooms, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that we will have no muck in our life because no. we live in a world that is fallen. Yes. The Genesis 3 world, as we're used to talking about that in terms of theological ideas, it's broken world. Yeah. But, um, but if we can kind of, if we can obey God, we can minimize the muck that we, at least that we've caused. Yes. And hopefully walk through with less. Mm -hmm. So we want to identify what are some of those feelings that we're kind of wrestling with as we try to obey. Um, one thing that we've talked about is that we want to obey, but we don't always even want to obey. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of pray that God would help us want to want to obey. Yeah. Um, praying for that heart of obedience so that it doesn't feel like a struggle. Because yes. ultimately in life, we really only want to do the things that we want to do. That's right. And it's really hard yeah. to do the things you don't feel like doing. Right. Like it's got to feel good for right. me to do this thing. So the expectation <laughs> often. Payoff. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. So the expectation often is, well, if I choose to be a Christian or if I submit my life to Christ or however you want to phrase that, then he will somehow give us the desire to obey him and we'll never have a problem going forward obeying him, which is not true. No. But we can keep praying for that, right? Yes. For that heart, for that will to do what he has asked us to do. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not, an, it's not necessarily a given. That'll be always our experience. No, I think that's part of that fallen nature you talked about. It is our sinful nature to rebel. Is it our sinful nature to not want to obey? We want to go our own way. And so there's a continuous struggle, at least for me, in that, that you know, Lord, help me to want to obey. I might not have the feelings, though, right now. Well, there's rarely a relationship you have in your life, and that includes mm -hmm. the one with your Heavenly Father, that would not require something that's selfless. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So what are those feelings that we are experiencing as we walk through a life of faith? Like what would be the positive feelings that we'd be aiming for, hoping for? Yeah, I think one of those is peace. Um, we often are in situations and we, we want peace. And so that's a good thing to have mm -hmm. peace. God promises us peace. I think sense of assurance. Um, what else could there be? Like that gush of joy. Yeah. Happy this yeah. is like emotional. I'm singing a song and it's making me feel so close to God. Yeah. yeah. Thankfulness. Intimacy. That awe, that amazement, that wonder at who yeah. God is and, you know, his goodness and the yeah. good things he's giving. We want those, that whoosh of positive experiences we've talked right. about. Yeah. Right. We don't want to just know it in our minds. We want to mm -hmm. feel that in our hearts yeah. too, yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's and a good thing to want that. It is. And in and of themselves, I don't think any of those things are, are wrong, but we can misplace them. Yeah. And so when you're chasing those things and you're not chasing 
the giver of those things, then that's where we can get mm. into problems with our with our feelings and with our emotions. But the emotion itself, those are good things that yeah. God gives. What kind of negative emotions might we face as we walk a life of obedience? Oh, there can be many. Mm-hmm. I think people don't realize that the negative feelings come along with obedience as well. Right. That as we walk with God, we're going to feel that guilt and that conviction that we are sinning, that we do not have the proper attitude or the proper actions that honor God. We're going to feel a sense of frustration mm. as we battle with God over things like, I don't want this, and you've given me this, and yeah. all these kinds of, you know, shake your fist at God, the anger, and we have that bitterness, like I'm not getting what I want. We forget that the, all the negative feelings you can imagine are part of a normal walk of faith. Yeah. Sorrow. Yeah. When we're, grief. When we're in grief and we don't understand why God has moved mm. the circumstances in the way that he has or mm-hmm. allowed that to happen. Yeah. Confusion. There's an anger. Yeah. Confusion. Loneliness. We are lonely as people sometimes, totally. even if we're in a crowd of people and mm-hmm. we forget that, well, if I'm at church, I'm surrounded by all these good friends. Why am I feeling lonely? Right. Lord, you promised me not to feel lonely or something. You yeah. Know? How about uh, just normal stuff? Like what would be, like we have kind of the negatives and the or the highs and the lows. What What's kind of like average, regular October kind of feelings? <laughs> I think yeah. a lot of us call that a dry season. <laughs> just where, but it's normal. That, the idea of um, just not feeling that closeness, not feeling that intimacy. There's no big joys. There's no big wishes. Um, there's no giant disaster that just happened. But right. I think... Most of life, I think all of this is normal. The positive emotions are very normal to have. And the negative emotions are very normal to have. But that very mundane life, that's also very normal. And I'd say I actually spend most of my life living in that mundane zone, just Mm. in that day-to-day, everyday. I don't have these massive highs all the time, and I don't have these massive lows all the time. They come, they go. But the normal day-to-day, it's kind of mundane. And so that's where I walk out a lot of my relationship with God is just in that going to the grocery store and cleaning my house and coming to work. And sometimes it's boring. (laughs) Even the things that we think should be good, like reading scripture, like we're told we should read the Bible. There are many boring dry parts. Or even if it's a good part of the Bible, I can feel bored with it. Yes. We forget that this is normal part of being a Christian too. Yeah. So part of it is having correct expectations, right? To what to expect in our mm-hmm. faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What happens if we have, what if happens if we're always expecting the highs or chasing after the highs? Yeah, that's a good question. I think a little bit I mentioned earlier is you're always chasing those things. You're not actually chasing the one who gives those things. Yeah. Like and that. so we're setting ourselves up to constantly be disillusioned and disappointed and um, frustrated with God for not delivering those things. But I think the bigger thing, God does promise us that he will get these things, but he promises us himself first. So if we're not chasing God first, then those other gifts are just completely misplaced. We're worshiping those things instead of worshiping the one who created those things. And if we're always pursuing the positive, the whooshes, the amazement, Mm -hmm. and the awe, we forget that um, that can if we don't get that or we don't get enough of that, it can spiral us down into discouragement and despair and can leak out on all the people around us. Mm. Instead of realizing that, Mm. hey, that was a really great moment or a great time of worship Mm -hmm. singing or a great time of prayer or whatever it was, a great time. But I have to expect that now it's probably going to be regular for a while. Maybe not, but it it probably will be. You you can't sort of live on the high. Right. Right. Sometimes our gauge can get off kilter. Like I noticed when I look back at a season in my life kind of between 
late teens, maybe 17, 18 years old, and about 21, 22. It was a season where I was involved in some missions work, was at YWAM. I um, went through a pretty intense, long season of counseling, working through some things that really brought me very close to the Lord in a real whoosh, joy, miracles in my heart kind of a way. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was quite normal. So I had been maturing quite a lot in that season. I did because a lot it of it had been good for a long time. Yeah. And I was at Bible school and I was learning a lot. So it had been just a really a big long high. Hmm. And uh when life settled into more of a mundane everyday living, I thought that that was the driest season ever. And I kept asking the Lord, where are you? I don't mm. feel you. This is totally mm. a desert season. And years later, I looked at that and went, yeah, uh, that was normal. And what I had been doing was just like very extended, long whoosh season. <laughs> 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 and it, it, upon reflection, I realized I kind of wasted that dry season too, because I didn't get engaged in disciplines of regular, ordinary, biblical learning and um, growth and relationship yeah, I God. think what the, one of the dangers is trying to kind of create this atmosphere all the time that you feel these certain things and not realizing what actually creates that atmosphere, which is yeah. being in God's Word and having Him teach you and mm-hmm. putting yourself in regular community, right? Mm-hmm. You, you try and find it somewhere else by creating a, an atmosphere that makes you feel that way. Yeah, like I was striving for that same feeling. Yeah. And without it, it didn't feel like I was in a good place spiritually. Right. Mm-hmm. But you weren't working at the foundation pieces no. that you needed. Yeah. Right. And so when you change that expectation— mm-hmm. Then some of that came, mm-hmm. or that understanding, that perspective came back. That's right. Yeah. I have a different story in that, in the fact that um, for me, obedience and feelings has always been something I've wrestled back and forth with because I fall on the more of the obey side mm-hmm. regardless. And so a number of years ago, um, my mom asked me to go with her to Ukraine to be part of a mission team, a women's okay. mission team to Ukraine. And when she phoned me, I instantly inside of me said, I don't want to go. Like, I, I do not want to go. My kids were young, and I knew that would take a lot of time and energy to get ready to go and to be away from them for two weeks and all that kind of thing. But at the same moment, I felt God. It wasn't a voice, but I felt God saying, you need to go on this trip. And so I said, yes, I would go on this trip because I knew that God was asking me to go on this trip. But for the whole six or seven months that we fundraised, I had no feelings of positive feelings that I wanted to go on this, that, that I was excited about this, time. nothing. I did all the things on the outward. Like, you know, it looked like I was a good mission team member. But on the inside, I was wrestling with, I don't have any of the positive, joyful, whoosh, excitement mm-hmm. feelings that should go along with being able to go to the other side of the world with my mom and a great team of women and to serve. Nothing. I got on the plane, went all the way across Ukraine, all the way down to as a 10-hour bus ride down to the area we were serving. And when we arrived, like I was flooded with the whoosh of positive feelings. Hmm. And I, the two weeks were amazing. I did all these terrible mundane tasks and loved every minute of it Hmm. and learned the language while I was there and enjoyed the people and didn't have any problem with lack of sleep and blah, 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 on and on. Those positive feelings just flooded over me. And it reminded me that when I obey and walk Mm. forward in that, the feelings will, uh, like in my case, almost always come at some point, but not necessarily right away. Right. And so you lived those seven months not knowing if you would even come home from your trip feeling that, but you did walk that in obedience. Yeah. I actually never expected that I would have the positive feelings. I never asked God for them. I I just expected that it would be a hard, boring... Mm. (laughs) 
thing the whole way through. <laughs> and he surprised you. He did. He surprised me. And so that has been kind of a repeated thing. I could tell you story after story where I've had to obey for quite a long time before the feelings followed. Yeah. And is there a time frame? No. Like after two no... months of persistent slogging obedience, you'll you'll get that joy. No, and I, I know people who have done it for years. Yeah. They've been in marriages where they're putting one foot in front of the other and they're following God hoping that at some point the feelings will revive or the marriage will change or that like it can be years yeah and I think we have to realize our relationship with God isn't a 50-50 partnership it's not like I do this and then you'll do that and then I'll do this and then you'll do that God never promises that in scripture like he calls us to obey and then we entrust ourselves to him yeah and we allow Mm. him to shape the future and ask for him to just give us the strength to walk through whatever He's put us in. And mm-hmm. as a loving father, he will give us those moments where of, assur- of assurance and of peace and of joy in yeah. the midst of it. Because it's different from my mom. My mom and dad are currently in Ukraine, the same place we served. They've gone for 10 years, at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. But my mom has always had the overwhelming feelings of love for the people, love for what she's doing. The All the positive feelings have always been there right mm-hmm. from the very beginning. So God works differently in each person and each yeah. situation. It was just a learning thing for me. Yeah. So what would be, if someone came to us and said, how do we walk this out? I want to be obedient. Um, I'm trying not to depend on my feelings. How do I walk it out? What's the process? What would you say? What's step one? Well, step one, I often think, is that we need to remind ourselves and have people remind us of God's true character. Hmm. So what would we say are some of God's true character we need to remind ourselves of? He's the creator. Mm -hmm. That's a huge one. And he loves his creation and blesses us and has that posture towards us of grace and compassion. Like when we think of with resentment towards God, it's because we think of him negatively, you know, having a negative posture towards us. But I think realizing that, yeah, he loves us. He sent his son for us. Yeah. Yeah. He's merciful. He's forgiving. He's for us. Yeah. He's our savior. All of those kinds of things. We have to remind ourselves of those. Yeah. And our perspective is not God's perspective. No. He sees things in a way, in a lens that we don't have the full picture of. And so knowing, I think, that the part of his character, that's he's trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And so even if I don't see where things are going or if I don't have the feelings to match up, he's trustworthy. And I can I can choose to submit and go with that even though I don't quite see it yet. Yeah. And reading a lot of the Psalms or reading um, parts of Isaiah or other places where it just talks about God's majesty and his glory and his mm-hmm. holiness just helps mm-hmm. lift your mind again uh, to who he is, right? Yeah. And reframes, reshapes your thinking of right. God. Mm-hmm. Or he's our rock. He's our fortress. Yeah. And if these are unfamiliar terms for you, I'd say, you know, get into a Bible study or a small group mm-hmm. with somebody who knows their Bible a little bit and can read scripture with you and help you to see who God is. This might be not something that you're familiar with. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Secondly, so once we know, once we've kind of reminded ourselves of God's character, um, that should help us to want to obey. What would be a next step? Hmm. I think we need to repent. When we see how holy God is and how powerful and beautiful he is, and then we look at ourselves, we just see we are nowhere close to that. And there are moments in Every single day, multiple moments in my days where I realize that I am just so far from that standard of holiness that that is required. And so yeah. repentance is a constant thing in the Christian life that we we live and we sin and we realize and we repent and we confess and we come before the Lord and 
they say we're sorry helped to change me again and again and again. Yeah. Especially if there is unrepentant sin. If you know you're doing something over and over again that you Mm -hmm. know is against um, what God would have you do. You know, I think of Psalm 66, 18. It says, if I had cherished iniquity, which is sin, in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Mm -hmm. We have to be careful because sin puts a barrier between us and God. So that's really important that we clear up these unrepentant sins. Yeah, because sometimes dryness or whatever normal life can just be because it's normal. But other times it can be that there is stuff that we've allowed to build up in our hearts against God or just things we've compromised in our own life Mm -hmm. that's making us not um, responsive to God. Right. And I'm thinking as you're reading that verse that if we are craving that intimacy with the Lord or this really high whoosh kind of feeling, and we're not in that season at that moment spiritually, then we can do behaviors, can go and seek other things in the world to get that feeling, whether it's an adrenaline rush or a partying kind of an atmosphere or something like that. Yeah. Shopping, eating, you name it. Yeah. Drinking. And so we need to guard our hearts and our our actions that we're not sinning in whatever space we're in at that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The psalmist, he says in Psalm 139, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Yeah. And so there's this real intentional, like, God, would you show me where my faults are so that I can actually walk in that way of everlasting life and look more like Jesus day to day. I had a woman come to meet with me last week who is a Christian and has been following God, but because of a number of difficult situations in her life and disappointments for the past couple of months, she's walked away from God and has pursued all kinds of other ways of describing getting that whoosh, um, things that are dishonoring to God. But in that you know, month or two, she's been feeling her gut has been churning and she's been having headaches and she's not sleeping very well. And she knew that some of these physical ailments are part of the fact that she has not been walking with God. Hmm. So she has not, she has not been obeying. And as a result, she's been struggling with the negative situations, the the health consequences. And so we walked through repentance Hmm. and she knew that's what she needed. And it's very interesting to see when someone comes to God and repents of the things they have been doing, how much that takes away that stress and strain and your stomach settles and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. The air air just feels clear again, right? Instead of being all clouded in. Yeah. And she started to smile and, you know, started to feel relief and her shoulders came down. Ha, there's like that Mm. kind of a feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you've thought about God's character... If you've repented of anything that might be between you and God, then what's next? I often tell people to keep walking forward like I did, Mm -hmm. you know, for months. Just keep going with God. I'm going to church, you know, reading your Bible, even if it's boring, getting together with friends and praying together. Lots of things. Often people don't even know what is God asking of them. They don't know what to be obedient to. So that's where we really encourage people to read your Bible or listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Come to a Bible study. Yeah. Whatever gets um, you in work. Being in community with other believers yeah. and being um, yeah. encouraged by their testimony, their their statements of, hey, this is what the Lord's doing in my life right now. This is the... Yeah, I met with a young woman, one woman who um, didn't even realize that in the Bible there are verses that even talk about the fact that we really should be in church. Hmm. So we opened Hebrews 10, 25, which says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Right. She was so shocked. 
that they, we, there's actually a purpose in going to church biblically. Yeah. Not just because people tell you you should. Right. That she was just like amazed, like, okay, well, that gives me a reason then to be in church. She was then wanting to be obedient to the Bible. Right. It's fun when people realize what God is asking of them, but they don't necessarily know because they're not necessarily in the Bible. Yeah. I think for me, that's been something huge early in my life. I didn't read my Bible for years and years, and I really didn't know. I knew hearsay, like what was being Mm -hmm. taught from it, but I didn't know the words of God myself. And so to obey God, I didn't know really what he required of me. And so the more time you spend in the word and the more time you're reading it, you you kind of get this um, this bigger picture and it mm-hmm. just it just fills in slowly. It's not, you can't like go and instantly download it into your life and into your practices. But yeah, slow, nice. slow and sure and steady and persistent and faithful, just one day, one foot, yeah. walk forward. And if you're not sure um, where to find this, these kind of commands in the Bible, I'd say start in the letters to the churches in yeah. the New Testament. So mm-hmm. if you have... You have the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then you have the book of Acts. And then after that, you have a bunch of letters that people wrote to New Testament believers, to new people who are just Christians. Yeah. And so that's a great way to start. Like, how do, what does this actually look like? What, how does you put flesh on yes. kind of what it looks like to walk it out as a Christian? Mm-hmm. So those letters that Paul um, and Peter and James wrote to the new Christians. That's yeah, like a great Ephesians and yep. Colossians, my two favorite for yep. that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Yep. So lots of practical commands of day to day, what this looks like. Sometimes we need to write those things out because we don't retain them. So to put them on a paper and here are the truths that I've discovered. And this is what I learned because I know in five minutes I'll forget what I learned (laughs) and put it someplace to remind ourselves. Um, And sometimes, you know, if it's a bit of a dry season and you've been doing the same kind of routine Bible study the way that you've always done it, maybe it's time to switch things up a little bit Mm. and if you've always gone on a Wednesday morning to the church here, maybe it's time to go to Monday night or a different kind of Bible study. Go to TLC for a change. Do something more of an intensive topical study for a little bit. There's so many different ways to learn. And I think once you get doing the meat and potatoes kind of study, the juices start flowing and you're like, oh, that ties into this thing I learned a while ago. And oh, that reminds me of a situation back there where I saw God's faithfulness. And you, you start really munching on it a little bit more mm-hmm. than you yeah. you refresh your memory and it becomes more joyful and more of mm-hmm. your own thing again. So how long do you walk forward? Well, first you do the next thing that you need to do. Yeah. That's right in front of yeah. you. And yeah. then you just keep doing that forever and ever and ever. I know. So you can't stop. You no. can't say, okay, six months and I'm done. Well, no. you could, but yeah. you'll probably find yourself in a, in a really desert season then. Yeah, and you have to keep walking forward, whether you're experiencing negative feelings, positive feelings, dry feelings. Yeah. They just go round and round over and over again. So persevere. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Persist yeah. in what you're doing. till our last breath. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good way to end. Um, why don't you close in prayer for us, Erin, as sure. we think about this topic? All right. Okay. Thank you, Lord, that we could have time to think about how to be steadfast believers today. And I pray that each one who's listening would think of ways that um, they need, their thinking has been or their expectations have been maybe inaccurate or can reflect on seasons where there's just been really positive or negative or dry kind of feelings and, um, and learn from those and put things together so they can move forward in daily uh, discipleship with you. And we just pray for each one that they would feel you and be comforted by you and know of your assurance of salvation. In your name, amen. Amen. Amen.